0: A subject we've been talking about excellence, isn't it? We've been talking about excellence, becoming excellent. And I said that the word excellence comes from two two um, words, ex and celis, which means that ex is move up, and celis is like a pent or the height, move higher to the high, a higher height. Hallelujah. We've been talking about excellence throughout. And we've been using different um, examples and the best example we can think of when we talk about excellence is to think about developed countries as against developing countries and one of the standards that you would see in any developed countries developed city you go to is that there's a crane in the middle somewhere of the city center or the city are you with me because developed people or excellent people are constantly evaluating or constantly reassessing to try and better what they have. Are you with me? So sometimes you see that the the building is there, it's functional, it's okay, but they will knock it down and build a better one in the place. Am I making sense? So so we expect that when we talk about excellence or somebody is going to become excellent, then they need to evaluate themselves, they need to change some things about themselves. Hallelujah. So as we talk about excellence, I want you to look not as, as the final things, but look at yourself and how you can change. Am I making sense? Because sometimes, sometimes, like I said, in an in underdeveloped country, you see a building, 30 years later, the building is nastier than it used to look. Some windows are broken, some places look very dilapidated, and nothing is done to it. Am I, am I talking to somebody? Because people are categorized into either builders, users, or abusers. Are you with me? You are either a builder or you are a user of the thing that the builder builds. Are you with me? A builder is somebody who comes to meet a bare ground. And when he's finished and he's leaving, he leaves something behind him that they can look at and identify that this thing was not here before this person came. And now this thing is here. Are you, are you with me? And then a user is somebody who comes to use what has been built by the builder. And an abuser is somebody who overuse what has been built by the builder to spoil it. Hallelujah. I'm giving you a recap in case you were not here. We've been talking about excellence. And an excellent person an excellent uh, city or town or, or, or div- uh, country is a country that is constantly rebuilding, improving to make things better. Hallelujah. Today, I want us to focus on becoming an excellent Christian or an excellent believer. Hallelujah. So now we've talked about a few things about excellence and we are bringing it home to you and I as Christians. Hallelujah. So as a Christian, you are either a builder Christian, a user Christian, or an abuser or spoiler Christian. So by the time I finish with what we are talking about, I want you to identify yourself. And see whether, the Bible says that examine yourself and see whether you're in the, you be in the faith, isn't it? So we examine ourselves to see whether we need to improve on some things. Whether we need to knock some things down. Whether we need to break some things. Whether we need to construct some practical things in our lives. Come with me to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew 25, 31 to 46. Matthew chapter 21, 25 from 31 to 46. Hallelujah. When the son of man comes in his glory and all his angels with him, he will sit on the glorious throne, on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creations of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or when did we see you thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see you a stranger and invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison, and go to visit you? And the king will reply, "Truly, I say to you, whatever you did for this, the, one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me." Hallelujah. Our text that we've been looking at. In uh, First Corinthians 15:58, that's the last script passage of First Corinthians 15. I want us to look at it very quickly. He says that therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. Hallelujah. Immovable, always excelling. The word abounding means excelling, always excelling in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. In the Lord. Hallelujah. He says that my brothers be steadfast. Be immovable. Always excelling in the work of the Lord. Amen. Knowing that your labor in God is not in vain. Hallelujah. My last scripture before I start preaching... First, Philippians chapter 1, verse 9 to 11. Philippians chapter 1, verse 9 to 11. He says, and this is my prayer, that your love may excel. The word abound means excel. That your love may excel more and more in knowledge. Somebody say knowledge. knowledge. And depth of insight. So stop being a Christian who is shallow. A Christian who doesn't know what the word of God says. A Christian who is like a baby who can be tossed and f- the, uh, tossed to and fro by any wind of doctrine. If they say that men should start wearing head, headscarf, you will wear headscarf. Men should, women shouldn't wear trousers, you will stop wearing trousers. When they come up with anything, you follow because you really don't know what the word of God says. Hallelujah. But you excel in the knowledge and the depth of insight so that you'll be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Filled with fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and the praise of God. Hallelujah. God expects us not to become user Christians or abuser Christians, but God expects you to be an excellent Christian, to be a builder Christian, to be a believer who is the reason why a lot more people believe. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's saying that you are ambassadors of Christ. So you are the Jesus that people who don't know Jesus will see. And when they see you, may they be attracted to Jesus because of you. Hallelujah. I'm going to give you a few characteristics because my time is already gone. About 5 or 6 if I can or maybe 10 or 20 or 25. I never know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm booming the word. We are talking about the excellence, excellent Christian. He says that I will separate the sheep from the goats. He was talking about believers. Are, are you with me? He wasn't talking about unbelievers. See, sometimes when we read the Bible, we interpret it the way we want. And we say that when he says uh, sheep and goat, then it means that the Christians are going to be on one side, the unbelievers will be on No, no, he's talking to Christians. Because when you read through the scripture, you realize that some place, the people say that we cast out um, demons in your name. We prophesied in your name. We taught in your name. And you say, depart from me. You workers of iniquity, for I know you not. Why why is he saying these are not uh, uh, unbelievers. These are preachers and prophets and healers. Miracle workers. And he's calling them goats. And he's calling some sheep. Which means that there are some uh, miracle workers, prophets, pastors, who are not excellent. There are those who are excellent. And if you are not excellent, he calls you a goat. If you are excellent, he calls you a sheep. And he says, in the day of his glory, he will separate the goats from the sheep. And he will take the sheep to his right. And he says that, enter into the place that has been prepared for you. And the goats, he will say, depart from me, for I know you not. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? So, let's look at the first characteristic of a a believer. The first one is that an excellent believer must be a contagious Christian. When we talk about something being contagious, we don't have to look very far. We look at COVID-19 and it's the best example of something being contagious. Are you with me? Because if somebody has COVID-19, the person is sure to infect not just another person, but everybody in the vicinity. Are you with me? Which means that 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 is how Christians ought to be. We are supposed to be contagious, which means that wherever we reach, we spread the love of God. Wherever we are, the love of Christ is seen because of us. We affect the atmosphere. We affect everyone we come into contact with. We don't have to preach. Our character preaches for us. Our behavior preaches for us. Our diligence preaches for us. Our hard work preaches for us. Who we are preaches for us. Hallelujah. You don't have to open your mouth to preach before somebody knows. That this guy is. The Bible talks about the the disciples who had followed Jesus for three years. Jesus is gone. Now, the disciples have been transformed from, from being disciples. That means that being a student to apostles who are teachers. And now, they are doing some things in the place that is turning the city of Jerusalem upside down. And the Bible says that they saw these people as ignorant and unlearned men. But they took notice that they had been with Christ. And that is why their behavior was different. That is why the way they preached was different. That is why the things they did was different. That is why they spoke with authority. That is why they prayed with authority. And miracles happened when they prayed. Hallelujah! They were contagious Christians. In fact, when Jesus was living in Mark chapter sixteen, the the last word he left was that go into the world and become become magnet of disciples. Wherever you go, there must be disciples appearing. You create disciples. Am I making sense? Amen. He, said, he said to his disciples in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you, you shall be my witnesses. When the Holy Spirit comes, you shall be my witnesses to Judea, to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even to the utmost part of the world. You will be the ones that propagate the gospel. Amen. Which means that he expects his followers to become contagious. The opposite of something being contagious is being quarantined. (laughs) Lockdown. Lockdown. (laughs) what, 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 What does lockdown mean? Lockdown means that anything that happens stays within the walls. When you travel and you come, they lock you down for 10 days or 14 days. We don't want to see your face. We don't want to smell you. Whatever you have to say or do, do it within the walls. Hallelujah. There are some Christians, our Christianity is contained. Nobody knows you're a Christian. Even your neighbors, your flatmates don't know you're a Christian. Nobody knows you're an undercover lover. You love God undercover. Uh, you're not hearing what I'm saying. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Your love for God is undercover. You are a secret lover. I didn't call you a goat, so don't look at me funny. But the scripture we read says that he is calling you what? Hallelujah. Ask yourself, when was the last time you won a soul for Christ? I'm not talking. You see, if you are a quarantine church or a quarantine, I'm writing a book called the Contagious Church. It's just by two months time it will be out. The church that Jesus pastored was not a quarantine church. In Acts chapter 10 verse 38, the Bible says how God anointed Jesus Christ with the spirit and power who went about doing good and healing all the sick he went about. He didn't stay in one place. Today, the church will make noise on Sunday within the walls. But the neighbors don't know we are here. Yeah. One of the greatest signs that the church is quarantined is that if the church was closed today, how many in the neighborhood will miss the church? If, if we were to go to your your uh, workplace today, t- tomorrow morning, and we are looking for the Christian brother. Are they going to point at you? Or they'll say, No, they're not guilty, wrong address. <laughs> if, if they are supposed to prosecute believers and they bring charges against all believers. You in particular, would they find you guilty or they acquit you? If the message is affected, you say, hmm. If it's really affected, you say, hmm. But I'm not just saying, hmm, for you to say, hmm. But change. Because if you want to be excellent, you have to knock some redundant buildings down. Some buildings that don't, are, are not doing very well will knock it down so that you can put a better building in its place. Don't wait for the building to collapse. Don't wait for your Christianity to collapse. Listen, one of your greatest saving grace as a Christian is to be loud. When you go to an office, let everybody know that you're a believer. It saves you. So as soon as you present yourself, even that name alone makes you not do some things. It doesn't make you leave work before uh, closing time. Or come like 30 minutes. You are always late. Or gossip around. You are always making coffee and tea. You know yourselves. Instead of working, you are not a smoker. But when the smokers are going for smoke break, you go with them. Because you don't want to work. You are always calling in sick. You are a goat. I didn't call you that. Don't be angry with me. The Bible, Jesus said it. You are not an ambassador for Christ. You You, you, you don't set a good example. We don't know you. He says that, depart from me for I do not know you. Heaven doesn't know you. Because heaven backs those that preach in his name. If you preach in his name, heaven will back you. The reason why you never get heaven's back is because you don't walk in heaven's authority. You don't do what heaven wants you to do. Am I making sense? You're not contagious. Your Christianity is quarantined. Your faith don't affect anybody. When people are saying negative things, you also say negative things. No, a contagious person comes when everybody is saying negative. They say it is well, and it it is well covers every negativity around. When they come into the place, they light up the building. When people are miserable, a contagious person comes. You see, when, have you ever met somebody who is very contagious in this? His uh, sanguine temperament. A, a sanguine person lights up the room. He is the heart of the party. When the party is boring and a sanguine person is coming into the party, he goes hey! before he enters. Everybody knows where the sanguine is, because when he comes, the party begins. Because is contagious. Is your faith contagious? Do you light the world? Jesus said that you are the salt and the light of the world. A city that is lit up cannot be hidden under the bushel. Every light is put on the lampstand so that it brightens the room. It's your faith put on a lampstand to brighten every corner. In John chapter 1 verse 5, the Bible says, and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can not comprehend it. When your light, the light of the gospel inside of you comes, it has to shine everywhere. Darkness Darkness must run away from you. Hallelujah. Because you are there. Are you a contagious Christian? Number two, an excellent Christian is a disciplined Christian. Now, now, how many will agree with me that, is it okay for me to walk around? I can go back. I, I like it when I walk around. I preach better. How many will agree with me that in a less developed country, there is no discipline? The citizens are not disciplined. Isn't it? The leaders are not disciplined. A leader will come and change the law. He's supposed to rule for four four years. He says that I have decided that I'm changing the the, the law. I'm now going to rule to eight years. Then they do eight years. Then just before the election, he'll catch all the opposition people, put them all in prison, and he'll stand alone for election. And then he'll win. When he wins, he'll change the law from eight years to 16 years. Then he 'll be there, and then, after sixteen years, he will stand election he'll remove the other opposition and then stand again recently i saw, I saw a, 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 an election election of an African president the man can 't walk he 's eighty seven the assistant is holding his one hand, the other assistant is holding and he 's going for a political rally the man can 't walk he 's going like that viva. There are people who have to shout Viva. No discipline. No discipline. Please don't mention names. I don't want problems. Are you understand what I'm saying? No discipline. In the same way, there are Christians that don't have no discipline. Everything goes. All play all. You do, what has changed since you became a believer? Your friends are still the same. You drink when they are drinking. You high when they are high. You smoke when they are smoking. You, 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 you have sex when they are also having sex. The only difference is that Sunday morning you come and sit in church. What has changed? What has changed? We sing a song, the things I used to do, I do them no more. Why don't we do them anymore? We don't do them anymore because change has happened and we are not supposed to be disciplined. When you're in a developed country, as a leader, you only allow two times to stand. When your time is over, nobody will say anything. You have to leave. Some guy tried recently that he won't leave the White House. He was surprised that even his own people said, my friend. He was surprised. He thought he could say that, oh, they stole. They stole so that they will keep him there. He said, no, we are not in in an underdeveloped country. Get out here before something bad happens to you. See, when I use underdeveloped countries, and you can understand it clearly. But when it comes to Christianity, you struggle. Are you with me? I'll give you two examples of, of people who were disciplined in discipline. Two anointed people. Samson was very anointed, but very indisciplined. Joseph was also very anointed, but very disciplined. When a woman threw his her, her, herself, her naked self, to, to Joseph, he ran and left his towel into to the bush. Are you with me? For As for something. They didn't even. They didn't, he, he was the one going to look for the prostitutes. <laughs> he, he was looking. For a he was for a no discipline. He was, for a he was anointed, but no discipline. Very, very anointed. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. So, anointing doesn't change your discipline. That is why the Bible doesn't, when the fruit of the Spirit is being named in Galatians, he doesn't talk about uh, anointing, healing the sick, casting out the de- de- devils, prophecies, and all those types of gimmicks. No, he talks about character. The fruit of the Spirit is patience, love, kindness, self control, discipline. Hallelujah. An excellent Christian must be a disciplined person. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. You must be disciplined. Amen. Amen. Mike Maddox said something. He said that, show me what you do out of routine and I will show you who you are. Show me what you do spiritually as a routine. And I will tell you whether you're a disciplined Christian or an indisciplined one. Do you have a disciplined time of prayer? Do you have a disciplined time of reading the Bible? Do you have the disciplined time of being in the house of the Lord? Or it is hit and miss with you? If I remember, I will come to church. If everything is okay and I'm less busy, you are indisciplined. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. He said, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than be anything anywhere. This is the king. He was very busy. And yet, when it comes to his time with God, he would never ever. See, one thing we should learn about David, even with all his issues, he was a very disciplined person. Very disciplined person. Hallelujah. Amen. Number three, my time. Number three. An excellent Christian is somebody who has absolute love for God. Now, Jesus was asked a question by the Pharisee lawyer. He says that what can I do to inherit? Let's read the scripture. Matthew. Are you there? Hey. Joyce, your, your baby is. Matthew 22. This one, I don't know whether it's mommy or daddy. I'm trying to work, work, work out which one this is. <laughs> Matthew 22:36. Teacher, which is a great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord. With all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and the first commandment. And the second is unto like this you shall love your neighbor as yourself. An excellent Christian is known by your love. When I say love, I don't mean, oh, we all love the Lord. We all, how, many, how many love the Lord? Praise the Lord, everybody. I bless the Lord. I love the Lord with all my heart. I love him. Thank God. Let me show you the love I'm talking about. Romans chapter 8, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation. Shall famine. Shall nakedness? Shall peril? Shall the sword? These days, COVID nineteen, the church is closed for a few weeks. The church members are no longer church members. When we go back to church, the people don't want to come, as if they they, they stop being church members when the per- persecution just came, when famine, when the small COVID. Even It was not even just total black. We are still doing online. So you can hear our voice. But all of a sudden, Sunday is no longer available for you to be in church. Shame on you. Hallelujah. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Tribulation. Distress. Persecution. Famine. Nakedness. Peril. sword. As it so said, God, verse 36. As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are like sheep brought to the slaughter. Hallelujah. We love God passionately. Even if it will cost our life, we will be here. Even if it will cost our freedom, we will be here. Even if it will cost our, our jobs, we will be here. He says, I love the Lord with all your heart. With all your mind, which means that your thinking has to have God in it. Mm. That's right. That's right. Your thinking. thinking. Do you know that we are all products of our thoughts? Yes. In, in Romans 12, too, it says that be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When your mind is renewed, you are transformed. Are you with me? We are all products of our thinking. And the Bible is, here is saying that we love God with our thinking. Which means that have God in your thinking. Before you take that job, ask God. Is God in your thoughts? Before you marry that person, is God in your thoughts? Before you go out with that girl, is God in your thoughts? Knowing the way she is and knowing the way you are. This going out only means one thing. It's God in your thinking. This business deal that you are going to do is God in the thinking. Or you are just doing it. Your heart is where all your emotions are. All your emotions are. Do you love God with your emotions? Can you dance before the Lord? Or that you become very gentle when it comes to the house of God. Remember in the club how you used to dance. Remember, remember. Remember how you used to dance. Remember, remember. Remember, remember. Now you have come to church when they are singing, you are just <laughs> sometimes you just sit down. And meanwhile in the club, you never sat down. Meanwhile in the club. I used to have a friend. I used to have a friend. He he, when he goes to the club, he he stands by the big, you know, the big speaker, because he says that he wants to feel the music in his. If it doesn't go into him, he doesn't. He hasn't been to the club. He has to feel. So he goes and stands there. fills the song dance even if you don't know how to dance you know when they put that light on that light that goes even if you make your hand it looks like you are doing robots when they put the light on you realize that the person is not doing any proper dance Anointed, it makes you look uh, funny. You look funny when you go to a, what do you call carnival? Give me carnival song. Hey. You see a stranger, you go to the stranger. Hey. hey, hey. don't know the person from Adam, you go, hey, it's carnival. But in the house of the Lord, let's welcome each other. Where is your love? Where is your love? Number, number four, quickly, my time, my time. Number four, an excellent believer is a believer of who works in humility. Works in humility. Works in total humility. Hallelujah. Bible talks about Moses. Moses was one of the most humble. I told you that one of the excellent examples we are going to learn is Moses, isn't it? Moses was one of the most humble people on the face of the earth. Amen. In Numbers 12 verse 3. Now, the man Moses was very humble than all the men who were on the face of the earth. Hallelujah. In Philippians chapter 2, he says, I let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus amen let this man let's start from verse 3 philippians 2 2 verse 3 says philippians 2 verse 3 he says that let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than himself let each of you look out not only for his own interest but also in the interest of others let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming to the in the likeness of men, and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point, even the death of the cross. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah. Yeah. Humility is a good sign that you are an excellent believer. When you look at developed countries and the leaders of developed countries, they have humility. When they are coming, it's just maybe him and like one bodyguard or something and that's it. When Boris Johnson is going to to work, he rides a bicycle. When the king of somewhere is coming, there are about two hundred cars in front of him, and two hundred cars behind him. When the uh, president of some small country that has no name, they have about seven cars, all black. All the roads are blocked. They are coming. King. President. Chief. Coming. Meanwhile, the, the, everybody else is in poverty. The people you are looking after, they are all in poverty. The road that you have 500 cars passing that your entourage, your motor They are all portals. He is coming. He is coming. Some will come. They have horses in front. Listen. Humility is a sign of excellence. In 1 Peter 5. 1 Peter 5. Quickly. He says that likewise let the younger ones let the older ones be submitted. go to the scripture quickly likewise you younger people submit yourselves to the elders yes all of you be submissive one to another next scripture be clothed with humility for God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of god that he may exalt you in due time hallelujah mark of an excellent christian is humility Do you know who i am who are you praise the lord bless the lord i've been christian by the grace of god for 45 years i've seen I was here when the church was built I've seen all the pastors come and go praise the Lord by the grace of the Lord I'm very very no no I said no chill hallelujah chill quickly next one number five an excellent Christian is somebody who is influenced by the word you are influenced by the word How many agree that countries that are very uh, developed, they are ruled by the rule of law? And they are governed by laws. There are some countries in the world, laws don't exist. The laws are there, but nobody uses the law. How many know what I'm talking about? There are laws, but the laws don't mean anything. Because the one who has money buys the law. Hallelujah! But there are other countries, it doesn't matter how much money you have. The law is the law. You will go to jail with all the money you have. Because the law works. Hallelujah. As a, an excellent Christian, the law of the word of God must work in your life. You have to be influenced by the word of God. Hallelujah. You must be influenced by the word of God. Not that you're influenced by any and everything without the, the, the word. David, David said in Psalm 119, he said, order my steps, verse 133, order my steps and let no iniquity have dominion over me. Use your word to order my step. Hallelujah. I think verse 19 or so, it says that your word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you. I hide your word. Verse 11. Psalm 119 verse 11. It says that your word have I hid in my heart. that I will not sin against you. Amen. In Acts chapter 11 verse 17 verse 11. It says that and the Bereans or the Berean Christians were more noble than those of, the, of Thessalonica. Why? Because when they had the word. They went home, they researched the word to see if everything they had was true. They were people of the word. Hallelujah. An excellent Christian is a man or a woman of the word. Today the Christians we have, they are people of miracles. People of prophecies. If we had a service and then I said, Sister, get up, you. Get up, get up, get up, get up. Get up! You are looking at them. Looking at you. Get up. Uh, I, I see you. I see your grandfather. Your grandfather just died. Your number is four five six eight five five four. Hey, how did he know? <gasps> your your grandfather left you a bar of gold. It's in your first drawer. You put in the first drawer. I say, yes, it's true. The Lord says, bring it to me. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> wow, it's a powerful man of God. In this place, in this place, there is a lady here. A lady here. You have very difficult menstrual cycle. By all means, from here today, have at least two. It's probability. It's not prophecy, it's probability. So by the time I've moved from here to the back, I guarantee you at least two or three here. Some people do prophecy by social media. When they are going to the church, they look at the members of the church, they go to their social media and watch, 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 watch. Then they come, shut up, then they know your face. You stand, give you a date of birth. They checked your social media before they came. Have you seen me before? do you know me have you ever spoken to me before so start, you stand 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 yes yeah, stand i hear i hear i hear i hear a flower i hear flower i hear flower i hear flower rose 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 is your name rose wow then the whole church hey pastor is very powerful prophetic grace is talking and they have some punks that scare people no you realize that the man will do all the gimmicks and he hasn't preached any word no we are transformed by the word not by gimmicks not by prophecy not by healing not by anointing all those things are right but they don't they don't transform us like the Word. it's like a child that doesn't want to eat mommy's food the home cooked food with all the vitamins and the vegetables you don't want it you want McDonald's all the time McDonald's is nice but you can't feed on it every day there are some churches, as soon as you enter the church, it's miracle every day. McDonald's, McDonald's, McDonald's. You are going to grow very bad. That is why when you find a church that has the pure word, stay there. Listen, BBG, stay there. It has the pure word. They preach the unadulterated word of God. Stay there. You've come to CICC, stay there. Hallelujah. Listen, all these prophecies and things we can do it. the Bible says that the, 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 the gift is subject to the the prophet because if I was to start the prophetic thing the church will be full but I be full of seekers who are quick who will just fly away but when you are fed properly seasons come and seasons go yeah. hurricanes blow through yeah. but you are established and planted you are the planting of the Lord Can't, it cannot be moved and shaken hallelujah because you are grounded by the word hallelujah let me give you one last one we we'll go with that last one an excellent Christian is a man or woman of prayer Your depth of prayer will show the level of excellence you have. See, this two, the two are linked. You cannot pray if you don't have the word. Because the word is the constitution. Prayer is you standing in the court of justice of heaven to adjudicate or to Defend or to enforce the statements of law. The skillful lawyer is the one who knows how to use the law to defend or to enforce the law. Because both lawyers know the law. One is using it as a prosecution, one is using it as a defense. But the one who has an in-depth knowledge of the law always triumphs over the one who doesn't have in-depth knowledge. Even when you are right. Even when you are guilty. And the lawyer that is representing you is a good lawyer. He knows how to find a legal loophole to acquit you. And that is what happens when you are somebody of depth in the word of God. When you pray, you know how to use the word. Use the law. To, to enforce your stand. Hallelujah! When Satan came in Matthew four four, when Satan came to uh, come against Jesus, say it is written, it is written, it is written, it is written. Hallelujah! He also said, "It is written." That man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. Hallelujah. A prayerful man, a prayerful woman is a man of the word. It's a woman of the word. You use the word to pray. Give you an exercise when you go home. Pray for 30 minutes. Not in tongues. In your understanding. When you go, pray. You will realize how shallow you are in the word. Within five minutes, you say, "Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord." Miss your, where is that saying? Thank you, Lord, tell me. Miss your, all your things are finished. I'm not saying go and say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We know know you are grateful and you thank God. Put that one aside. Stand on the word. To defend that that stand. Hallelujah. That is how excellent believers are supposed to be. So, I I want to urge all of us to examine. Let's go to number 10. Give me that number 10. I'll finish with number 10. An excellent Christian is a Christian who evaluates. No, no, no. 11 then. Evaluates. An excellent Christian is the one that evaluates and examines themselves consistently. Listen, every developed country has. Uh, uh, the planners of the city or the town of the country sit once a year or twice a year to evaluate the roads, to evaluate the skyline, to evaluate the, the place, to see, do we have enough uh, transport, transport, transport system in a place. Do we have enough uh, parks? Do we have this? Do we have that? They are always constantly examining themselves to see whether they need extra of this or extra of that. In an underdeveloped place, there is no planning meeting. It's there. They, they, they need to have a, 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 a place where rain water can go. But people have built houses there. So as soon as there's a little rain, the whole place is flooded. Nobody cares. That's how some of our Christian life is. There's no evaluation going on. You are not evaluating your Christian life to see. The Bible says examine yourself. Let us examine ourselves to see whether we be in the faith. Give me that scripture. Yeah. Yeah. If you judge yourself, you will not be judged. You need to constantly judge yourself. Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm saying? We need to consistently judge ourselves. Matthew 7, 1 and 2. Matthew 7, judge not and that you be judged. For whatever judgment you judge, you will be judged. For with the measure that you use, it's the same measure that will be given to you. In 2 Corinthians 13, 5, it says that examine yourself. As to whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. Do do you not know that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified. Unless you are disqualified, examine yourself. If Jesus is living inside of you, would he be happy? Where you have gone and what you are doing now. If Jesus, if the Bible is true and that you are the temple of the living God. And Christ resides in you he will be happy will he be happy to be in in you with all the things you do examine yourself always examine yourself don't say that though so you are a believer you've been a believer for 35 years no 35 years without examination is still zero pastor David says that there's no MOT every year you have to have MOT. There are some countries, there's no MOT law. The law is there, but nobody does MOT. You know what MOT is? You test the car. They test the brakes. They test the light. They test all, the, all the, everything about the car. And then when it's, they pass it, that means that the car is, is safe for another 11 months. Then they, they reevaluate the car. Christians must also reevaluate. Go for an MOT. Today you have come for MOT. Yeah. MOT. And I'm asking you, is Christ really inside of you? Are you really a developed, excellent Christian or you are underdeveloped Mugabe type of Christian? I said, Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. So, it is your fault. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, I, you understand what I'm saying? This, your Christianity hasn't shifted from the day you gave your life to Christ f- 10 years ago. Nothing has changed. You don't pray. You didn't pray before. You don't pray now. You didn't know the word. And you don't know the word. your your church attendance was hit and miss and it's still hit and miss it's like the buildings that have stood in the same place so when you go to a a less developed country even if you haven't been there for 30 years when you go you still find your way around how many know what i'm talking about you haven't been to a certain part of the world for many years but as soon as you get out from the airport you know where to go because no building has moved, no buildings has changed. Everything is the same as it was. So shall it be life without end? But a developing country, a developed country. Oh, as soon as you go, after five years, everything has changed. All the buildings have moved. Go to the city center right now. You see the buildings that used to stand there are no more there. The car parks that used to be there are now. My favorite Chinese shop, just a few meters, is no longer there. Now it's a high-rise building. The restaurant just disappeared. We are still looking for that particular restaurant to go to. Some people got married in that restaurant. Some people got proposed to in that restaurant. We were thinking of going there for another proposal, but the place is no longer there. Oh, please. Can somebody remove her ashes? Richard, come and take take your pastor away. You won't come. Richard, come and arrest her. Huh? Come and arrest her. Are you not a police officer? Or your jurisdiction, this is not part of it. It's off duty. Okay. Oh, so you're doing bribery in the church? This guy. <laughs> I have to transfer youth to another country. <laughs> I remember somewhere. I was going to pick it one day in a certain country, in a certain continent. And I was going, I was out, and I passed a one-way system, a one-way street that I was not supposed to, by the shortcut to the airport. So I just passed. As I passed there, I saw the police car. I knew that I was in trouble. I passed there. But when I saw the color of the skin of the police, I said, oh, get away. <laughs> <laughs> I kept going there. Police man was running after me. Stop, 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 stop. So I stopped. Then he said, Have, you're, you're in trouble. He, he was he was holding me from the, the window. Then I said, listen, I am lit. I'm lit. Then I, I looked in my glove compartment. I was looking for some coins or something. I couldn't find the coins. I found one dollar, you know, dollar note. Then I gave it to the guy. Here, take this, take this. Go and change It's a lot of money. He said, are you sure? I said it's a lot of money. I said it's a, it's a lot of money. Go and take it. I said, he looked at me. He said, are you sure? I said yes. He looked at the thing. He said. Winner, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> he took the dollar and I left. <laughs> you tried that here. <laughs> He took one dollar. And then I, I, I went, I, I drove on the one way against the floor of traffic all the way to where I was going. And the policeman was standing there watching. Because I gave him one dollar. Listen, let us examine ourselves. How is our Christianity? If the man comes to separate between the goats and the sheep, Which side of the aisle are we going to be? Are we going to be on the right? Are we going to be on the left?